Hello, everyone. Greetings. Good to see you all. Eid Mubarak, and uh, good to see you all. So, so this one, uh, before we start, I'll just let you know this one, there was something that had been hidden in front of my eyes all this time, you know, the secret hides itself. And when I finally saw it, it was such a delight to see this, uh, this vision of what I had, what had been secretly hiding in right in front of me. So many of you will already have seen it. So I won't, I won't uh, give it away. But if you haven't seen it, then maybe this one will, you'll get the same joy that I got when I saw this one. Uh, if, Aisha, if you could lead us in, in Fatiha. Thank you. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim, Malik Yawmiddin, Iyaka Na'abudu wa Iyaka Nasta'in, Ihdina Sirat Al-Mustaqim, Sirat Al-Ladhina An'amta Alayhim, Ghayri Al-Makhdubi Alayhim Okay, thank you. And uh, I think Aisha will go ahead and, and give us this the English translation and then uh, Salah can recite for us after that. Those are the signs of the manifest book. But chance thou consumest thyself that they are not believers. If we will, we shall send down on them out of heaven a sign, so their necks will stay humbled to it. But never fresh remembrance comes to them from the all-merciful, except they turn away from it. So they have cried lies, therefore assuredly tidings will come to them of that they mocked at. What, have they not regarded the earth, how many therein we have caused to grow of every generous kind? Surely in that is a sign, yet most of them are not believers. Surely thy Lord, he is the Almighty, the All-Compassionate. A'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajeem. Bismillahir rahmanir rahim. Thank 
Thank you, Salah. Wonderful. Um, uh, Klaus couldn't make it here today, so I'll go ahead and stand in for him. So this is the poem that begins this chapter as we dive into where this surah was revealed. Indeed, the measures are weights arranged, shadows bringing them, from above them more shadows, based on clouds and unclouded, is seen at the moment of the descent in their wonders a gauzy net encompassing around every meaning not made to appear except the address and the poems and the parables. In this, what is praiseworthy and so then elevated, and in this, what is blameworthy and so then lowered. And whoever fights me about what I open my mouth to say, well, the people are enemies of what they do not know. And as often this, these poems are so packed and it takes me so long before I am given to understand them, but the second to last one, I think that's a reference to all of these are, are words that all come from the divine. Some of them, the divine says, uh, you can have them, and some of them the divine says they're mine, and, and he attaches them to himself. And then the last one, uh, I hadn't realized that this last one is, uh, is often given as a hadith or as a saying of Ali, or as even a saying of Dunan Nun, the people are enemies of what they do not know. So. Now this one, uh, Ibn Arabi will, you know, he goes, he finds many things that he, he needs to speak about, about this place where this revelation was revealed. And one of them is about the soul and how the soul is like, uh, the articulate soul is a rider on the animal soul. And so he, he's, he brings us to see that these are, he separates them very clearly for us. And that's his method of clarification. Um, I think the story is not, it's not the end of the story, but it does help. It's a heuristic device for us to say, well, what happens when we separate the articulate soul from the animal soul and see them as distinct? What can we learn from that? So he begins the chapter, learn may God assist you, us and you, because he always starts with us in the traditional way, with everlasting felicity, that the articulate soul is felicitous in this world and the next, she having no allotment of wretchedness, because she is not part of the world of wretchedness, except that God has her ride, this bodily composite expressed as the animal soul. So she is like the animal ridden, and she is like the rider of her. This articulate soul riding this composite animal soul has only the proceeding with walking using her along the rightly tending path which the true appointed for her. And this is where uh, we learn how not to be judgmental of other people and of ourselves. If the animal soul obeys this walk, then she is a ride who is tractable and trained. And if she refuses, she is a ride who is bolted and cannot be turned from her course. As much as the rider desires to turn her from the path, she resists and bolts heedlessly. She takes to the right and to the left on account of her vehement strength and the badness of the composition of her mixtures. The animal soul does not actually seek to repel. She does not bring out disobedience, violating the sacred taboos of the law. No, she flows along in accordance with her natural stamp because she is not a knower of the law. It only happens by happenstance that she has a mixture which is not harmonious with her rider. She not doing what the rider desires of her. Uh, 
So it's only by chance that your animal soul wants to go these different places, not being rebellious, but not going where you want her to go. So that is uh, that, that helps us then be non-judgmental to ourselves and others. And the articulate soul has no ability to rebel because she is from the world protected from error in the world of pure spirits. So when punishment comes to pass on the day of arisement for judgment, it comes to pass upon the animated soul. And years and years and years ago, I was very interested in how Foucault was talking about discipline and punishment. And when he describes the way medieval societies punish the body, um, he really wanted us to see this as kind of absurd. Um, and then, but he also wanted us to see that trying to punish the articulate soul, like who I am, uh, that is actually even more absurd. Um, and so it's, it's, it's a fascinating way of looking at all of this. So this is Ali Young who, who uh, sent, uh, went with, encouraged the nation, the Navajo nation, uh, to go to the polling booths on horseback because uh, in order to keep them from voting, polling booths were very, very, very far away. So she got on a horse and said, let's go. <laughs> Now the retreat, this is the idea of, of what happens when we retreat from the world and why we retreat from the world. So when you confirm this, you will know how the messenger of God وسلم, retreated in Halwat into the cave of Hira to bring himself closer to God and how he fled from seeing people when he was finding in himself difficulty and constriction in witnessing him. So fleeing is um, a, th a theme of this place where this revelation was, was given. And the revelation comes out, is the story of Moses fleeing from Pharaoh um, as, as a youth. So fleeing is a, is a big question that we have in this chapter here. If he had looked to the face of the true and witnessing, if he had looked to the face of the true in them, so if you looked at everyone and saw the true in them, he would not have fled from them, and he would not have placed himself in retreat. He did not step, stop having this state until the true came upon him suddenly, then he delighted in the creation, and he did not stop being among them. So those who never cease being in the cave of Hira with their inner selves will never disappear, except from some people, not from all people. So understand. Now it is inescapable that every seeker <clears throat> of their Lord will place their selves in retreat with their Lord in their secret heart, because God made for the human beings an outward and an inward only so that they would go into retreat with God in their inward, and they would witness him in the outward, in his ropes, after they see him in their inward. This so that they would differentiate him in the ropes themselves, and only so, or he will never be recognized. Thus the inward of the human beings is every treat house, if one is understanding this from God. So the ropes are there for us to recognize God. If there were no ropes, if there were no nourishing, if there were no nurturing, then we would not recognize who, who is. And so then, so when I learned in the beginning of the path, so this is early, that the matter is how we cited it. I stripped myself away from this bulk of mine. So he said, I want to get away from this body, which is dark and, and not letting me see the light with a stripping that was based on knowledge and experience as a state. So he, he made himself understand and know that he has a body which, has, which is not letting him see the light. And he also experienced himself as a dark body, not seeing the light. 
Then when I attained a state where this balk was strange and foreign, so when he looked at his own body and saw that it's strange and foreign to him, I looked to it as if looking at a black garment with intensely black side panels. I did not see in it any light whatsoever. So hold all this together because he's going to explain how, you, how he then saw what shouldn't be able to be seen. I asked about this intense blackness. From where had it ensued? Said to me was, this is the blackness of the light blockings of nature. So we've talked about light blocking as the projection screen. When the, when the projected light comes and hits the screen, the light blocks that light so that it can be seen. And that if there's just light, one can't see. So one has to put that projection screen up. So one has to have a body. You see the light blockings are three. You will see some of them flush against others until when one extracts the hand, you can hardly see it. So what is this light blocking? Now, based on these three light blockings, the human being comes out in the place one is an animal body in the belly of one's mother in three light blockings, a light blocking of the womb, a light blocking of the placenta, and a light blocking of the stomach. And we've gone over this before, and I have a, a running discussion with this with, uh, uh, with Baki, and so we'll look at this. Um, so hold this idea that he, saw, he thought that these are three light blockings. So when one is born, Emerging from these three light blockers, one's light blocking is infolded, wrapped up in one, and one's outward is light, and one's inward is light blocking. Now you are able to walk using the light blocking of your inward only by using the lamp of knowledge. If you do not have this lamp, you will not be guided in your journey. So when I saw my bulk, his body, and its light blocking, I knew that if it did not have some light from some facet, my looking at it would not be authentic, nor am I perceiving that I even have a bulk. So here he's realizing that even though it's a light blocking bulk, even though the belly, the placenta, the womb is light blocking, it has light so that he's being able to see it. So how can I see what should be light blocking only? And then he discovers this, or he's told this. So then I asked about the light which prepared me so that my vision was connected to seeing this bulk. How could I see my body? How could I see the womb, the placenta, the belly, if it's supposed to be completely light blocking? Said to me was, the light of being, by means of the light of being, you see it. So those light blocking which are infused with this light of being, they are visible. You do see them. Then I looked to me in the place where I saw myself as the seer of this light blocking, and I saw her shadow stretching out over me, and I did not see my light efface her. So the shadow that he saw then, based on this light of being, was not, did not get effaced or disappear by this light. I was amazed, said to me was, the light blocking of your enabled possibility will not disappear from you because it is an essential character you have. You see, you are not necessary being in itself. Then I asked, so who is to me a light with no light blocking? Said to me was, you will not find it ever. So I said, then therefore I will not witness the one who brought me into being ever because he is pure light and being is purely separated and other and different in a way said to me was, you will never witness who ever, except based on yourself. 
This is why you never see who in a single image and neither will who be encompassed by knowing. So he has not radiated brilliantly and he has not witnessed the way your own self is witnessed. You see, he is independent of the worlds. So nothing will be adduced as evidence of him except you. That's why the stone was thrown at the person that says, you are the most tremendous name of God. Thus, he was recognized only based on a mode of kashf and witnessing with the definition we cited. As for recognizing him by intellectual proofs, nothing will be learned thusly except his property, not his entity. So the intellect can say there is no God but God. The intellect can say there's nothing like him. But apart from that, only that property, those properties will be understood. The entity will not be understood. So when God gave me to witness my thought and gave me to witness my bulk, he gave me to witness after this a correlation of the world, all of him to me. And he turned the world's face to me to bring forth my entity. Then I saw the world has precedence over me and, his, and has traces in me. And I knew my suffering the effect was coming from the world. And that if not for him, I would have no entity-based being. I was brought into subjection, subdued in myself, in the place where I was under the force of an enabled being like me, the world. And I learned at that moment that I am one of the few who know that the creation of the heavens, and they are the upper reasons for my being, and the earth, and she has the lower reasons for my being, was greater than the creation of the people as a measure, that is physically, really, not figuratively. You see, they have an effecting correlation and the people have a correlation of suffering the effect. So then I saw myself as so fractured and broken that I almost despaired utterly of witnessing the true in the place where they showed what they have, these ropes, they showed what they have over me. The greater excellence of the ones who affect instead of me, the ones who suffer the effect. And so this one, I think in South India, we've seen this so many times, there's the ropes. So the rope is what allows you to bring the bucket up from the well. So a rope are the means or the causes of how things happen, the mechanics. And if not for these ropes, if Narbi just told us, we would not recognize who. Now, when this brokenness reached my side, said to me was, so this is interesting, all of these are said to me was, these are the ropes. And even if they have this excelling measure over you in the step level concerning whatever appears, learn that you are the intended entity. These ropes are brought into being only because of you in order for you to emerge visibly. They are not the goal in themselves. So, and I'll just have to, uh, for the last, you know, for the last year, I'm the one who goes out and gets the paper for my mother and my father before he passed. And so uh, what I do is I bring her the paper early in the morning and then I take the yesterday's paper because we get the New York Times crossword puzzle. And so as I was going to my crossword puzzle, I saw a comic, uh, Snoopy from Peanuts saying, um, oh, he's walking in this forest. And he said, oh, what a wonderful forest. It's the web of life, the circle of life. And all of this great, beautiful creation is there to make a better life for beagles. And so, and uh, of course, that's how many people think that we beagles are the reason that this world is. Um, and so we're the intended entity. Um, and then I also 
bumped across the the uh, the opinion page or the letter page, and someone was writing about will the Earth miss us when we're gone, and so that's a good counter to uh, you know to the people who think we beagles are the reason the world was made and 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 so on, uh, but of course with Ibn Arabi we know who the intended entities are, the intended entities are Muhammad, Jesus, Mary, Asya. These are the prophets, messengers, and mothers, and these are the intended entities for whom the world was made. So it's really not the beagles, and it's not, you know, everyone else who says, oh, the world's made for me, I'm the center of the universe. Um, and it's not for the ropes, it's not for the mechanisms of creation itself. You see, when God loved to be recognized, so I think this is the voice still that's speaking to him, still telling him this. You see, when God loved to be recognized, it was not possible for him to be recognized except by someone who is flush against his image. And God brought into being flush against the image, no one except the perfectly complete human being, the prophets, the mothers, and the messengers not the animal human being, so not the beagles. So when the human being arrived, the step level, which is the goal, arrived. So there were, and even I'd be saying there were millions and millions of years until there was no human being that arrived. And when the human being arrived, then the step level arrived. That is that now we have a place where God is recognized. Then he brought forth whatever ropes he brought forth in order to make emerge visibly the complete human being. So learn this. And so the ropes are there to make the, the molecular structures and cellular and everything else to make the complete human being. Well, this divine notification set my broken bones. So this is the, the setting of the broken bones, the heart surgeon. And I learned that I was actually among the greatly complete and that I was not an animal human being only. I thank God for this gracious favor. Favor. Now, and God desires to be recognized. So this is, I am a treasure concealed and I desire to be recognized. So we'll see this in the next slide. Omar will tell us more about that. Just as we established by means of the recognition of new things, that is each new thing should recognize him in order to complete the step levels of recognition, in order to have a place where God is recognized. And being is completed in the being of something new. So this completion can only be in something new. And it is only possible for the thing to recognize itself or its likeness. And certainly the new side of being, the one which God brought forth into being on account of the knowledge he had of it, is flush against the image of the creator, such that it, we, become a likeness of him. So this is where we have the, but never fresh new remembrance comes to them, but the all from the all merciful, except they turn away from it. So this is why the new is there and we need to see this newness. Um, and then Omar, could you handle this slide for us? كنت كنزا مخفيا فأردت أن أعرف فخلقت الخلق وتعرفت إليهم فعرفوني I am a reposited treasure an apparent hidden and I desired that I be recognized so I created creation and I introduced myself to them and they recognized me 
you see the complete human being is a single truth. And if you, the individual, have something, whatever you have, which is more than one I, you are still a single entity. And he said about this individual, there is nothing like him. So he made him a likeness. And he negated that he resembles anything. That is, reading the verse with the calf, meaning both like, and the relative pronoun, the one who is. So there is nothing like him. And there is nothing like the one who is his likeness. لَيْسَ كَمِثْلِهِ شَيْءٌ وَهُوَ السَّمِيعُ الْبَصِيرُ لَيْسَ There is not. كَ Emphatically or the one who is. مِثْلِهِ Like him, his likeness. شَيْءٌ A thing. And he is the hearer, the seer. Good. And then, so, uh, go ahead and read that last part there. And the, the French, I hope we can pronounce it, magasin. So we'll find out where the word magasin comes from. <laughs> go ahead. Um, so, so cons, this concept uh, is a buried treasure, a treasure stored, reposited in secret. So when you say a treasure, in Arabic, you are saying automatically a repository, a treasure chest. So the maqsan or the makhasan is the magazin. The magazin is the place where these things are stored. So hold on to that idea. And then Omar, if you can continue with this dua. أسألك بكل اسم هو لك سميت به نفسك أو أنزلته في كتابك أو علمته أحدا من خلقك أو ألهمت عبادك أو استأثرت به في مكنون الغيب عندك أن تجعل القرآن ربيع قلبي وجلاء همي وغمي I ask you, using each name which is yours, with which you called yourself, or you sent down in your book, or you taught one of your creation, or you inspired in your slaves, or you appropriated in the hidden place of the unseen at your side, that you make the Quran the spring of my heart and clear brilliantly my distress and my grief. I gave it to the mirror of truth, my eye, the earth of Ali, my essence is my essence, one essence is that one essence, Allah, 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 Ali 
They're all the most beautiful names. They're all the most holy prophets. According to the past, eyes overly, I'm lost in the past, so lovely. Allah, Allah, Kayuma, Allah, Allah, Kayuma, Ali Rahim, Ali Rahman, Ali Rahim, Ali Rahman. I am mercy, I am compassion, I am Noah, I am Jesus, I am the remedy for sadness. Wherever I look, I am, I am Allah. I am the man for every jewel. I am the pearl without equal. Oh, the saint, I made them a secret. Shamsu Tabrizi, I made them a secret. Okay, and remembering you, we, it's great to take Ibn Arabi literally, so please take him literally. And that's the training over years until I said, you know, I've got to take this guy literally, so let's take this literally. Yeah. And if there were not in the universe one who is flush against the image of the true, the intended goal would not be reached. That is, knowing the true, meaning the new knowing in his word. I am a treasure not recognized, and I love that I be recognized. So I created the creation and I introduced myself to them, then they recognize me. Thus, he considers himself to be a treasure, and a treasure is only reposited inside something. A treasure is only reposited inside something. Thus, the buried treasure of the true is himself only in the image of the complete human being during the thing basis of one stabilized existence. There the true is a buried treasure. So when the true clothes the human being in clothes of things based being, the buried treasure emerges visibly with that being's visible emergence. The complete human being recognizes him by means of his being and he knows that he is a buried treasure inside him in the thing basis of his stabilized existence, while he is not aware 
This is what I am teaching you about the correlation of the names to this one. He exalted said he taught Adam Eve the names, all of them. The word all involves encompassment and universality. And messenger of God said in his prayer to his Lord, Allahumma, I am supplicating you with each name you call the self of yours, which you call the self of yours. This is a true annexation, and she is an annexation of the thing to itself. That is, each thing self, which is yours. When one cites two different words, such an annexation is valid, like certain truth and certain knowledge, and the entity is one. She is the word self and the grammatical second person, yours. In fact, we say this on account of the experts of the language. When they argue based on the path of evidence, the thing does not annex to itself. This is a true statement. So you can say the house, which is blue. You can say the blue house. Those are two words annexed to each other, but you can't say the house house or the blue blue. And so, but you can say the self, which is yours, even though it's the same thing. So the owning annexation grammatically is like the wealth of Zayed. So that you can that say the, the wealth that Zayed owns, you annex those two words, wealth and Zayed, and they are next as ownership. And the honoring annexation is like the slave of the king, the servant of his. So these are two words annexed to each other. One is honoring the other one. And the proper genitive annexation is like the saddle of the riding beast. So here, the saddle of the riding beast, neither one is honoring the other one, neither one is owned by the other one. So the riding beast doesn't own the saddle, but you can say saddle of the riding beast. And you can say the door of the house. So it doesn't mean the house owns the door. It doesn't mean the house is honoring the door. It means you have a, a proper genitive annexation. This, all of it is grammatically acceptable in his word, the self of yours, when he means by this, the human being. So I hope this is all coming together. It is like the statement of Jesus, peace be upon him. And I do not know what is in the self of yours. So I'm be saying, who is the self of yours? Meaning in this self here, the self of Jesus annexed to the true, i.e. this Jesus self of the true, just as the self is truly. He was, he was most perfectly complete in praising God and innocent of what was attributed to him and what was confessed about him and what was understood that he was based on his word. Is it that you said to the people, take me and my mother as two gods apart from God. So Jesus answered him, you, you know what is in myself, and I do not know what is in her. It is you who are the one who knows in full the unseen. So where is the unseen? Yes, there is nothing in her but what you have radiated brilliantly in Tajalli. How can anyone to whom belong the creation and the command seek to understand by saying, is it that you? Jesus did not say to him, I did not say that I was, am a God because of his knowledge that he is a Khalifa behind whom God acts and a complete human being flushed against the image of the divine and that the divine names all belong to him. Instead, he said, I said to them only what you commanded me to say. He did not add anything to this at all. Now, 
When the speaker utters what one is commanded to say, it is not necessary that he speak everything about everything he is amid. Okay, let me go ahead and read this one and then let's have this uh, Elahi. So let all this come together. And he, Salam, said, or a name you have taught someone among your creation, or a name in your knowledge of your unseen that you have appropriated to you. So where is this unseen? Thus, he cites that he appropriates a thing in the knowledge of his unseen, something which only he knows. And this is only what the enabled to belong, what is enabled to belong to the complete human being given that God has appropriated it in the knowledge of his unseen. So he knows about the human being and what one is amid, what the complete human being does not know about oneself. So this one is the unseen of the true. So where is the unseen? In this one. In this one is the unseen of the true, because this one is the projected likeness. Therefore, Combine the statement of Muhammad وسلم, and the statement of Jesus وسلم, into a single matter. And this is the statement of Jesus. I do not know what is in the self of yours. So where is the self of yours? It is a treasure buried and hidden. And if you have a treasure, you must have a magasin. You have to have a place to hold that treasure. Where is this treasure being held? So who's where is the unseen? And the statement of Muhammad وسلم, or a name in your knowledge of your unseen that you have appropriated to you. So where's the unseen? It is your knowledge of your unseen, this one, that you have appropriated to you, that you have said, this is mine. So now let's put this all together in the Allahi. <laughs> Radiant and pure, enlightened messengers, love streaming from truth's mystic fountain, Isa and Mustafa, light of prophecy, you are the core of Allah's Quran. Jesus is my heart, Muhammad my soul, Ali my mystic guide, Yahidar. May blessing and peace be upon them forever and upon their lovers throughout time. Spirit of Allah, shining from the virgin love, speaking from truth's mystic cradle, Isa Ruhallah, bringing forth dead hearts from the dark tomb of mere convention. Jesus is my heart, Mohammed my soul, Ali my mystic guide, Yahidar, Mecca, Medina, 
and Jerusalem join to reveal the secret of the one sublime Messiah bearing your true gospel love guiding souls on their mystic return Isa and Mustafa Divine peace be with you, your mystery, the path of unity. Jesus is my heart, Mohammed my soul, Ali my mystic guide, Yahidar. Gospel and Quran and the tent of Abraham join to reveal the secret of the one. Voice of prophecy proclaiming unity, truth always dissolves Pharaoh's tyranny. Musa and Mustafa, bearers of true love, you both ascend the mountain and return. Jesus is my heart, Mohammed my soul. With noble Moses I stand at the throne, of the holy king may Allah's great love embrace them through eternity merging all our souls into one community okay thank you wonderful so this is so important to well to hear all of this when Muhammad sallam says your Quran, your book, so what you have revealed in your book, where is he really pointing? Your book, or he's pointing, which you have revealed in your book, in your book. And when he says, I do not know what is in yourself, he doesn't say, I do not know what is in yourself. He says, I do not know what is in the self, which belongs to you, in yourself. So this is where yourself is. And when Allah says, I am a hidden treasure, a repository. Treasure demands, not necessarily in English, but in Arabic, treasure means there is a treasure chest. So if there is a treasure, then there's necessarily a treasure chest where it is stored. So where is this treasure stored? The treasure is stored in your unseen, which is here, in yourself, which is here, that's where the treasure is stored. Night, brilliant, <laughs> night, brilliant darkness, black silk. Over Kaaba doors to essence open dreams descending night 
brims with secrets timeless before radiant doors do mercy open spirit descending gentle power spreading everywhere heal restore resurrect hi hi night of power soul unveiled okay thank you so the soul unveiled in the dark tomb so how can we see these dark tombs how can we see the placenta how can we see the belly how can we see the womb because it has the light of being so what are we actually seeing and who is your self who is the divine self who is your book your quran okay alhamdulillah salam is the articulate soul the ruh or the akil uh, uh mostly it would help to go with ruh it's like it's like the spirit um yeah ibn Arabi is doing this uh he helps with, as a heuristic device, as a teaching device, he likes to separate things, but uh, we ultimately can't separate things um, and we can't uh, uh, reify things, make things into things which aren't things. And so he wants us to push these apart and see, look at the articulate soul and look at the animal soul and how it's like a rider and the horse. But as we know, with that metaphor, you sometimes see people riding along and the rider and the horse are completely integrated. So, so um, therefore, the, being able to separate them is a way for us to see things clearly. Uh, but we also know that in life, we do see these riders with their horses who are integrated. On slide five, who are the quote, some people quote, that Ibn Arabi suggests one can disappear from? So, uh, so these are the ones who every time they see something new, they, uh, from Ar-Rahman, they mock it or they call it a lie or they do other kinds of hurtful things. And so from them, uh, when you are in retreat, you are invisible to them. But you're not invisible to the ones who are in retreat with you, who know these things with you. Are the entities the Shein? Uh, yes, well, entities here is the, the ayin is an entity, um, and the ayin and the, and the she, the thing, um, uh, can often be uh, interchangeable. Um, so we, you can see them in both ways, yeah. Okay. Can you explain the step levels? So the a step level is when you enter into a place, like we use in, in, Maths, you can have like sets. So a step level is like a set, like the set of apples uh, and the set of fruits, the set of vegetables. These are all sets. Uh, the sets that Ibn Arabi is most interested in are the set of the faithful. So those are all, all things which are faithful. So people and the minerals and so on, which are faithful. 
Then there is a step level called the friends. They're the inheritors. Then there's a step level called the prophets. They're the ones who receive inspiration from the divine, but don't necessarily have a community that they have to give a law to. And then there are the messengers who are given um, revelation and law to a community. And then there is, uh, and in that step level, there is Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, who has given all uh, to all of humanity this revelation and law. And then there's a step level called angel, there's a step level called divine. And so the step level of divinity includes all of the divine names. And then there's a step level of the Zat, and there is only one member in that set. And so uh, there's only one member in the set of Zat, and she is an inaccessible and only one member. And then in the member of uh, the members in the set of divinity are all the divine names. Are our beagle selves somewhere between mechanism and nature? Yeah, well, in, in this particular uh, case that he's describing, the, the ropes are all the mechanisms and nature, um, um, but also, but nature as Mother Earth, he then talks about the skies and the earth, their creation is greater than the human being because their creation is one to make things happen. And the human being is one to have things happen upon. So theirs is active, um, doing, effecting, and the, and ours is receiving, suffering the effect, being subjugated to, and so so that's how why the their creation is greater than our creation, and even though their creation is greater, superior, and even though the ropes are superior to us, yet the complete human being is the intended goal of creation. So if not for you, I would not have created the heavens and the earth and all of these ropes and all of these mechanisms. Could you say more about the me of you? Um, yeah, well, so what, what Ibn Arabi is doing here is he's saying, look, grammatically, you, a thing can annex a thing. And so the word annex might not be the greatest word, uh, but grammatically, it means like the blue and the house. So you can annex the two. You can say a blue house, a blue house. So you have two different things annexed to each other and you say blue house. You can't annex the thing to itself. You can't say the blue, blue. You can't say the blue, blue. And so just as in English, it's not a grammatical statement to say the blue, blue or the house, house. Um, and so how are you saying the self and yours? And you and because Ibn Arabi is saying, if you look at it one way, it is the same thing. So when Ibn Arabi is saying that Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, when Jesus says, uh, when they say uh, your self, they mean this self, which is your self. So they're annexing the thing to itself. And they're allowed to because they have two words, your and self. So when you say, where is, I do not know what is in yourself, they would then, when they said that, they would say, I do not know what is in yourself and what is hidden in yourself. And I do not even know the treasure which is in the treasure chest of yours. This treasure chest. I don't know what is inside the treasure chest. I have not learned all of the names to praise you by which you have given in your book here in yourself here. You often say the place where the revelation was revealed 
Um, does that mean Ibn Arabi went to the physical place where Muhammad heard the Quran given to him, or does it refer to an attunement, or doesn't it matter? Uh, yeah, this is very, it, well, he goes to the special face, and the special face is in every created being, and you go there. And Ibn Arabi said that when Bezid Bistami said that he did not die until he had put the revelation between his shoulder blades, uh, he means that he did not die until he had seen every place where the revelation was revealed. So this isn't, uh, it is, it's, uh, it's geographical, but not in three dimensions. So it's not necessarily that he went to coordinates in, a, in three dimensions, but he did go to those coordinates in a higher uh, dimension. And so remember we talked about folds and that there are seven earths. So the seven earths are nested within each other and you can go through them by taking one point and then going through them in a very short distance. So that's where he goes to see that this is where Muhammad received this revelation. And he said, this is the friends, the inheritors can go back to where, so let's say inheritor, let's just use the idea of wealth and, and money. So you can't inherit uh, until the person dies. So once the person dies, then you inherit. So you can go to the place where the wealth was found or given. And then when that person dies, passes, you can then go to that same place. And now you receive the wealth that is now your inheritance. So he does mean that he went to each area of the special face and looked at 114 of the surahs of the Quran and said, this is where this surah came from. And when he goes there and is given that, he then steps back and says, look at these verses. And then he says, and, the, and then he ends with four or five pages of, in this place where I was just there, you'll find this, this, that, and the other thing. Omar has a question for you. Please, yeah. On, on, the, um, on the articulate soul and the animal soul, it is, it is wonderful to learn that going in two different direction is not a mistake or it's not something that we should be blaming ourselves for and so on but it's painful right and 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 one of the things here that just to remark that it's painful in a way that does not become less as 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 we mature on the contrary it probably becomes more um, i'm just going to read a couple of lines from turjaman al-ashwaq where ibn arabi says right listen to this my longing sought the upland and my affliction the lowland so that I was between Najid and Tihama. There are two places in two, in two different areas, one high, one low, yeah? They are two contraries which cannot meet. Hence my disunion will never be repaired. What am I to do? What shall I devise? Guide me, O my censor, do not affright me with blame. Mm -hmm. I mean, if Ibn Arabi is saying this, what should we say? <laughs> Beautiful, yeah, yeah. And I think that I think that's such a. I mean, that's such a wonderful poem. It is so so beautiful, and he's explained it on so many different levels. Yeah, well, and we have in English that you know, there there, but for the grace of God go I. So when you look at someone, you say, you know, if I was in that situation, I'd be doing 
crazy things too. And so it's so very important because we want to we want to judge people from from where we are, and we want to judge. Oh, look at that person uh, doing such horrible things, crimes and felonies and all of that. Um, but we need to say there, but for the grace of God, go I. You know, if I were in that situation and my horse were dragging me in this way so hard, um, I would not be able to stop that horse either. And so you begin to feel a lot of compassion and non-judgmental, and that's so so very very important. And I think I think that it's a wonderful uh, teaching device that he's that he's brought forward for us. Because then I, I started thinking about all of these things. You know, to one extent, some riders are really strong, and some riders are not so strong. Some horses are really strong, and some horses are not so strong. So a lot of times, when people are sort of good people, well, maybe it's because they have a very weak horse, and that horse just doesn't really pull them in any directions. And then there are others whose horses are so very very powerful, and if they're not themselves, they're articulate soul is not so very powerful, then they're going to go all over the place. So it really, it, it gives, when you see that there's a spectrum on this side and a spectrum on this side, you begin to see. Um, and then, you know, then it's easy for me to say, oh, I took the right turn and I went that direction. And said, so, well, you know, no praise to me because, you know, my horse was ready to go that way. And so that, and so he said, that's muwafaka, that's harmonious. To have a harmonious horse and rider is a wonderful thing. And, um, yeah, and I don't think that there's there's a there's a training of that because what what we have to see, you know, in in that in the in that poem, the the high place and the lowest, the tehame uh, or in, in the magic, you know, the high place and the low place, um, you know, we have we have to see those as as quite distinct and, and to maintain distinctions, um, and so to pull those apart is uh, is a very painful and never and a never ending painful thing. Um, so that we, we have to be here in order to see that. And the greater what we're about to see is, the more the preparation has to be. And so, and this is why uh, someone who was given incredible physical uh, strength, Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, in order to withstand all of this, uh, these visions and this, and this, and, in, and had to go into retreat and had to do all of these, these things, um, and then had to have all these afflictions throughout life. Um, it's, it's sort of that that had to be there in order to support and hold what was so very, very powerful. And, uh, and then we look at, and so, and, and in a sense, uh, you know, it would be easier if we didn't have such yearning and such desire and such, and such love, uh, it would be easier, um, but it's also that's, then we wouldn't see what we are made to be prepared to see, so. Yeah, that's beautiful. And Sonita, you can bring in the 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 dragoman of of yearning love. Beautiful. Good. Thank you for the explanation of step level. What's the difference between step level and alighting place? So step levels is like mathematically a set, and so and then a lighting place is a place you go. So a set is um, when you go there. Uh, you see members which are angelic or another set will be uh, human beings and there'll be different members in this set. Um, and a lighting place is a place where you alight. And so, uh, and the places that you alight is as you are journeying, um, you, you like these Pony Express staging posts. So a staging post is a maqam, is a station. And you sit there for a while and you learn what you need to learn. And then you get on your horse and you keep going to the next stage. And then you sit on that one and you learn from that one. And then you go to the next one. And so 
he's telling us that the reading of Quran or the recitation of Quran is stage post to stage post to stage post. And each of them have been separated with a fence in between them so that they are different distinct stage posts and that you travel here and then you travel to here and then you travel to here. So that is uh, the recitation and, and the reading and the hearing of Quran is, uh, is likened to our journey along staging posts. And these, and that's in a sense that you can't, we can't get everything at once because uh, if we were to get everything at once, we would be God. And so therefore we have to get pieces. And this, these pieces that we get are reflections and facets of the divine, which, which come. And so these distinct facets of the divine coming to us, each one of them teaches us something, and then we go to the next one. And then in, this, and in the words of the lovers, then it's the same way you don't say, I just want one look at you and then I'm done. You want to say, I want to look at you and I want to look at you again and again in a different way. Now move your head this way, now move your head that way. So that's the whole, <laughs> the whole way that uh, the lover and the beloved interact. And so this is the divine play is that, let me show you this and let me show you this also. And none of them are what we expect or what we even necessarily thought we wanted, but they are exactly what we wanted when we find them. <laughs> what is the thing basis? So, so thing basis is that even before, see, Ibn Arabi is making a really interesting uh, insight here, giving us an insight here. We think of ourselves now as hearing and seeing, and I, so I can hear. And Ibn Arabi says, but even before I was created in this form, even before I was having being, I could hear. Because otherwise, when Allah says be, I wouldn't have heard that command. So the imperative be and it is, has to the thing that's hearing it has to be able to hear it so we hear and we see and we have all of these divine qualities and then we are into a place which is called being where we're we're walking around and living time you know even before we get to the womb we're, we be we are just the way after we die we'll still be are we are um, and then we have another third life which is the physical life that we see right now so all three of those lives we are alive intelligent hearing seeing and all of these all of these and so that's why it's so that there's nothing like him is also there is nothing like the one who is his likeness and that one is he hearing and seeing so that it's a capital s h for hearing and a capital s for seeing but it's also a small h hearing and small s seeing because i hear and i see and i have heard and seen from before i even came into existence Hmm. Um, back to the step. Well, the step level is not the maqam. What is the hall? So, so step level are these sets, uh, like vegetables, fruits, and all of these things. And the maqam is the station, the staging post on the Pony Express uh, trail. So in our life journey, we have staging posts. We go from one place to another to another, and we accumulate and pick up things. So Ibn Arabi says that in the staging posts, you never, you, you keep whatever you've learned in B, you learn in C, you learn in D, you keep all of that. 
a hal is a transitory state. Uh, so you feel something and you have a feeling and you like, and hal is also in Muslim languages like kya hal hey, how is your hal? You say I'm sick or I'm healthy or something like that. Those are passing and you don't hold with it anything. So I go from state to state and I don't accumulate them, but I do accumulate the, the staging posts all along the way. Tell us what is the hidden surprise, the hidden secret. So the the secret that is hidden and the and the and the inner secret is the the question is then who is the secret? Who is the treasure? Where is the treasure? So the first one is where is the treasure stored? So once we say, if I ask, you know, Allah says, I am a treasure uh, concealed, longing to be recognized. In Arabic, when you say treasure, you say there is a treasure chest. You can only have a treasure if there is a treasure chest holding it. So the question is who, where, what is the treasure chest? So if Allah says, I am a treasure which is buried and concealed, but I want to be recognized, where is it concealed? It's here is it, here it is concealed. And to recognize it means to recognize what is inside. And, and, and I say, but I don't know your unseen. So this is your unseen and I don't know it. So this is your unseen and I don't know it. And this is your treasure and I can't see all of it. I only see a piece of it, another piece of it. So your treasure, your unseen is here. So that's, that's the secret and that's the seer, which means the inner heart or the secret heart. So the secret is the secret heart. If the articulate soul be anything but felicitous, can the animal soul be anything but wretched? I recently that at the low tree, the wretched felicitous act as medicine for each other, just as roots and leaves of plants in herbalism have opposite effects. Can you say anything about this, please? Yes, that, and that's uh, Ibn Arabi talks about that. He has a story where where two people are, uh, go out, two hakims or two botanists or something, and they are they are kind of competing with each other, and and one of them has said, I think, oh, this guy is the best botanist, and he, and the other guy's getting kind of jealous about that. So he said, oh, why don't you eat this uh, this leaf until he eats the leaf, and he gets so sick and he's about to die, and then the guy says, give him the root of the same plant, and he gives him the root, and then, and then he's cured, and so Ibn Arabi says. A number of things, but one of them is that that we are the ones who separate things into good and bad, you know, evil, good. Uh, we separate them into felicitous and wretched, whereas the rahma, the kind mercy, uh, spreads through everything. So in this one plant, if you only look at the top, you might find sweetness and goodness, but if you look at the root, you might find bitterness and and pain. And so, but it's one plant. And actually, when you see the plant as a whole integrated, you realize that both these mechanisms are required. So Ibn Arabi uses the imagery of bread and salt. And so the bread and the salt, they come together and both are necessary and both need to be seen as an integration. And we tend to want to look at only one part or the other part. So either we say, oh, look, all that's good and nice, or we say, oh, look at all that horrible stuff. And we can't see things as one, as integrated. Um, and so when we're in a mode of looking at creation, 
as the treasure which is being slowly and piece by piece revealed, then we say all of it is coming from Allah. And then Allah will appropriate to himself what he wants and he'll, pro and he'll give to us what he wants. And so the, and that isn't, so the appropriation of the two different sides isn't because the thing inherently is good or bad. It's what it is. The plant is what it is with the top of the branch, uh, the top of the plant and the root of the plant. Um, together, they are one mechanism of health and harmony, which is there for a reason. And that is to uh, be the ropes by which the creation gets the nourishment and the health and the healing that it needs. Mm, that's nice that you brought the ropes in again. <laughs> um, Non-Muslims who do not know about Quran, does not life teach them to harvest the teeth from one state to the other? Right. So that's, uh, I remember we said, uh, Ibn Arabi keeps telling us that, that every word that comes out is a Quran. And so whatever, whether one knows it, to, when one knows it to be Quran or doesn't know it to be Quran, it is, it is Quran. And Allah will appropriate to himself what he wants to appropriate and he'll hand over to us whatever he wants to abandon so you guys can have that. Um, and so this uh, appropriation of praise, so every word that comes out is a praise, uh, whether we know it or not. And so when we say, I do not know what is in your unseen, I point here and I said, I do not know what is inside here. That's your unseen. I do not know what is inside here. And so we are saying Quran and we are reading Quran and we are reciting Quran with almost everyone not being aware that they are doing so. A um, couple comments to know yourself is to know your and Hazreti Ibn Arabi's voice is all love. Yeah, so this, uh, so Ibn Arabi, when he's in his utter despair of ever seeing the true, and he's feeling you know, broken and fractured, he comes and, and he, he hears that you will never see the who ever, except Minka, based on yourself, in yourself, or from yourself, or inside yourself, or based on yourself. So you will never see who except inside yourself or except from you based on you. And so that's, then he says, when he realizes this, when he hears this, when he comes to this, when he's given this, he then reads all the poetry that I am the one I love. I am my darling boy. I am my dancing, uh, racing girl. You know, and he said, I am the one I love. And he begins to see that that's where it's the love of the one who loves the one who loves. And it's, and it's not, and so when you see that, he says, I will never see the who except I will see who based on myself, which is yourself. <laughs> Referring to Omar's comments, if we take on board that in every advice, which may sometimes appear as a judgment, there is a message, however small, to take on board from the heavens for our growth. Personally, this way of looking at things is what helped me the most because it prevents my reactive response, which often stems from arrogance, i.e. the ego, rather than seeing the lesson from a place of humility, i.e. art. The way I deal with things, accepting a message or rejecting it determines whether I suffer or not. Yeah, yeah that's beautiful. Yeah, we were talking um, 
you know, someone was saying that, that, that there'll be, you know, that there'll be a fly or there'll be some insect or something. These are all messengers. These are all messengers. And so how we receive the message is, is tells us how the world is going to be, how our world is going to be and how the world is going to be. And, uh, you know, with, uh, you know, Sheikh Noor says, if you've read a verse of the Quran, you can't find its mercy, then you haven't read the verse of the Quran. That one, I, I hold that challenge all of the time. Uh, and what the, what, when you see all of these, if you don't hear the message, you're going to suffer. And it's not punish, it means you're going to suffer, it's going to hurt. And so it's this tremendous compassion. Listen to the messengers. They are telling you what you need to know. And if you can't hear them, if you don't listen to them, you will feel horrible because you will be separated from your source. You'll be separated from the one you actually truly love. And so the, it's great mercy to say, look at how horrible it is to be separate from me. And so listen to the messengers. They are telling you, come back, hear what you've been, what these messages are given only to return you to where you need to be. Otherwise, it is great pain to have a reflection of God be separated and not realize that he and it and she is a reflection of God. Omar, you have another question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't want to type it because I, I, it might be wrong. But I remember something Ibn Arabi said, I think in the Futuhat, that the second thing God created immediately after the first entities are, is the God of belief, is the God, is the God of belief. So immediately after any conscious entity, there is that God of belief as believed by that entity. Is that what he's talking about? Is he talking about the who which can only be found in ourselves because they are God of beliefs? Yeah, well, and if, if we take uh, the first intellect and translate it as first constraint, then, then that's exactly what you're saying, the first constraint. So there is, and we are, that, that first constraint is the light of Muhammad, it is humanity. So, it, so we, we share and we know this, and we know that we have a constraint and that we constrain who, and, we, and then who comes in and says, break that one, blow open the fence and see me again. And so now we see again, and it's not the same who that we saw the first time. It's the same who, but it's not the same vision that we saw the first time. So the Tajeli never repeats. And so uh, breaking um, the constraint, continually breaking the, the, the constraint, that is the one that opens us up to seeing what the vision is all the time. And this is that imagery I gave of the, like the film, that the film gets exposed, and then you have to advance the film to the next unexposed part so that the heart can see again. And taqallab, heart, is the one that alternates and, and, and alters and goes round and round and round and round so that a new fresh face is seen every moment. And that fresh face is the special face which every created being has. And when that fresh face is uh, is wiped clean or is advanced or the film is advanced to the next uh, um, click, then the, the, you're able to see again. And then that's not the end either. So you see another one. And so the treasure, which is inside, which is Minka, which is based on you, um, requires uh, one to not separate, define, 
make definition fence in and say, oh, that's this. And here's the final word on the self. No, it's, it's yourself here, which is new each time. And so, and that's why we have that verse, uh, the ones who, who hear something new from Ar-Rahman and they don't understand where it's coming from. And the people are enemies of what they do not know. So all that together is telling us that the open heart uh, is, is the place to see. And that's why the Prophet ﷺ fled from people until he could see the special face that, of the true in all of the people. And then he need not flee from them anymore. And so he got out of the cave of Hira and, um, and, he, and on the lap of, of uh, Khadija, he then said, you are the light of Muhammad um, And so that, that process, then he is in the inside cave of the heart, cave of Hira forever. Um, and so, and this is where we want to be. And now when you're in that retreat, then those who know who you are and know who who is, see you and you're not retreating or hidden from them. And those who don't do not, you're protected from them. So Alhamdulillah. Well. Thank you so much, Shuaib. Wonderful, yet again. Kathy. So, Thank you. So good to see you all. Thank you. And look at our timing. It just tells everything comes out so beautiful. <laughs> so, I'll, and, and the chat is saved for me. So I get to go and make sure that uh, um, I can, I can send, send PDFs and so on. So good to see everyone. Eve Mubarak again. Everyone enjoy. Eve Mubarak.